The call on the ice stands. We got to go. Up the colors. We are set to go. Let's roll, boys. Come on, let's get going. We are kicking. Here we go. Oh, guys, five minutes each for fighting. Watch the blue. Play the puck. Run to it. After further review, it's the Scouting the Refs podcast. Yeah, baby. Here's your hosts, Todd Lewis and Josh Smith. Okay, gentlemen, play ball. Let's go. All right, guys, let's drop the puck. Josh, it is the most wonderful time of the year. Your festive holiday sweater reflects it. We we do have a break in the National Hockey League of a few days to celebrate the Christmas holiday, but that's all right because coming just in behind, the celebration of the World Junior Championship. So nonstop hockey. Oh, it's always fun this time of year. You know, your your opening presents, you get to relax with the family, hopefully, ha, you know, have something to eat, have a drink, relax by the tree, sit by the fire, and then boom, the next day we're, we're right back into it. So a nice time for a break and a nice, exciting time because World Juniors is always a lot of fun. Sure is. So enjoy family time, enjoy friends, and travel safely. Have yourself a wonderful holiday, and enjoy this edition of the Scouting the Rest podcast. Please make sure to follow us on the social channels, X or Twitter, as Josh prefers, at Scouting the Refs, <laughs> and also X and Twitter for me, it's uh, at Todd Lewis Sports. On this week's episode, look out, ref! More hits from behind. You can't say that. Catch and release. You can't touch it here. And where does the time go? How's that for a little tease at the end? Huh? No, I, I love it. And I love that the overlaps there, you got hit from behind and one of them was on a ref. So <laughs> I know it's crazy. Ily Tovalin, Tovalin of the, the Seattle Kraken is, is, is pursuing the play into the corner and takes out Furman South with a textbook hit from behind. I, I, I couldn't believe that one. It's, it's one of those ones where I'm looking at it going, oh man, it, it looks like and I mean, he, he didn't, but it looks like he's just trying to hit him right through the numbers that boom, <laughs> down he goes, not going to let you play the puck there. I mean, it was, uh, I'd say maybe not a legal hit. It was a hit from behind a little bit of a cross check there. Thankfully South uh, in, in pain there, grimacing, get up, stay in the game. And a boy, we had another one as well with an official who was, uh, shall we say, taken out. It was Shandor Alfonso this time who became collateral damage on the play as New Jersey's Cody McLeod is carrying the puck in front of the players bench. And there comes Eric Goodbranson who tries to take out McLeod, but winds out taking out Alfonso and putting him into the bench. Um, I think the players did help him up uh, eventually. I'm wondering if Shander Alfonso yelled change when he hopped over the boards like that. Yeah, you know, he, he's going off. I'm surprised one of the other players didn't hop on. You're so used to <laughs> somebody comes in. I, I better better fill my spot there. But uh, nope, he was on his own. Look at his skates, though. His skates up in the air, trying to make sure nobody's getting injured on the play, just staying still and avoiding making the situation work. Uh, nice of the Blue Jackets guys to help him get back out there. But yeah, I, I think, Todd, in the playoffs, maybe we need to have some officials around for, for line changes. You know, you start to get a little <laughs> tired. The games go a little long. We'll take that that section between the benches. We'll just have one ref and linesman standing there. Shander wants to go off for a change, hops over. The other linesman comes on. And of course, not on an icing, though. It's got to be a change right. on the fly, right? Okay, yeah. Uh, a follow-up from the uh, the hits from behind, since we talked about that so much last week. This one was in involving David Pasternak of the Bruins, who hits Ryan Lindgren of the New York Rangers. Uh, this is, again, a, a textbook hit. Pasta gets five in a game. Uh, it's, it's still happening. Um, 
I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure what to say other than this is an illegal check from behind and he was penalized appropriately. It is. It was the right call. It was one that they reviewed and they upheld it. I, Lindgren seems to find himself in the wrong place, the wrong time quite often on the receiving ends of these types of hits. But it, no matter what happens on this play, the, the onus is on Pasternak to deliver a clean hit. It looks like he's trying to get him in the shoulder, but you know, you're hitting right through the numbers there. It's just, it's a hard play. It's one that I think was not deserving of supplemental discipline. So I think they made the right call there, but yeah, this is five in a game as it should be. Uh, yes, it's pretty, pretty easy to see. We had a, a goalie goal a couple of weeks ago. This one though, involving playing the puck was a no-no for Akira Schmid, who got in a little hot water against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Columbus getting called for a delayed penalty. Schmid is headed to the devil's bench for another attacker to come on, of course, except he has to cross over the red line to reach the player's bench and decides he's going to play the puck along the way. And that is a no-no, isn't it, Josh? It is. He gets a minor penalty for playing the puck over the center red line. A, a weird one, one we don't see every day, one we haven't seen for, oh, I think, uh, 2006 was the last time we saw it actually called Vancouver's Alex Ald get whistled for it, but you can't play the puck over center. If he was on his side of the center red line, I, I think this still may have been a too many men call because he's going off. The player jumps on and he's, he's playing the puck. So he's taking part in the game. So really this was a fielder's choice here. The officials could have gone with too many men on the ice. They could have gone with playing the puck over the red line. And since it's the rare call of getting to whistle, a goaltender for playing the puck over the red line. I'm glad they went with that one. That was the more exciting call on this play. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, you mentioned the skates of Shander Alfonso, who were kind of up in the air a moment or two ago. In uh, the Swiss National League, Martin Furk, a former NHLer, also got his skates up on a play up against the boards. Uh, this one was kind of a scary situation. It looks like almost he's doing swimming lessons and practicing the kicking motion as he's going into the bench. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm so glad that there was not a serious injury on this play. I mean, it's one thing to go into the bench. It's one thing to try to get your balance back. But you have to be aware that you are you're wearing razor boots here. You're, you're going <laughs> to. You're going to put somebody in a very dangerous spot. Could be one of your teammates on the bench, could be an official, could be an opposing player as it was in this case. But man, you cannot kick your legs like that. This is stuff that we learn early on as hockey players. And I'm, I'm just very glad that this didn't turn out worse than it did. Uh, it might not have been intentional. He's not trying to kick him in the head, but it's extremely reckless, extremely dangerous. And I'm, I'm personally glad that he sits for six games. Yes, 100%. That was definitely worthy of suspension. A couple of more to get into on this edition before we get to our guest. An interesting one in the Montreal Canadiens and Winnipeg Jets game. Josh Anderson grabs the puck near the front of the Winnipeg Jets goal. He drops it, tries to put the puck in the net. The puck is apparently deflected to Christian Dvorak, who scores on the play. It was challenged for a hand pass you are allowed to catch the puck and drop it in front of you. And apparently it was deflected to Dvorak to allow for a legal goal. Am I explaining this right? You are, and, and the deflection is the key here. Unlike some of the other situations, this one does not require possession, control. It's around deflecting the puck. So if you bat the puck out of the air, play it yourself, you can avoid the call for a hand pass and make it a legal play. And, and that's what happened on here. And that's what the league was looking for, right? It didn't look like a closing the hand on the puck situation. He grabs it out of the air, immediately drops it. So we've got no penalty there. And it wouldn't be reviewable even if we did have a penalty there because you can't review that part of it. What you can review is the hand pass 
Uh, gloving the puck would be a penalty. Penalty's not eligible for review, but a missed stoppage for a hand pass is. So what it comes down to is, did Anderson deflect the puck with his stick? If he does, then he bats it down, plays it, and then it goes to a teammate. So after a lengthy review here, it's that stick swing right there. He didn't get all of it, but he got enough of it. It looked like with the shaft of his stick to negate the hand pass, which is all that they're looking for on this play. It's a, uh, it's really hard to tell. And to me, Todd, it's inconclusive at worst. So if I'm not sure if it happened, I have to go with the call on the ice. Call on the ice was a goal, but the NHL did appear to rule that it was conclusive. They thought they could see the stick contact. So good goal. Oh, there. Jeff, Mar Jeff Merrick's going to yell at me for that one. Good goal. If it's a goal, it's a goal. It can be a good goal or a bad goal, but uh, you know, <laughs> I, I've got to get out of the habit, as do NHL officials, of saying good goal. It's either a goal or it's not a goal. The quality of the goal doesn't matter. All that matters is it counts on the scoreboard. They count the same. Exactly right. Okay, there was another confusing one in the Detroit Red Wings and Anaheim Ducks game. This one involving penalties and delayed penalties and timing issues as to how exactly this came to play. Wings uh, score on a double minor penalty. And apparently the penalty called at 1531, so it would have ended at 1731. There's some discussion about whether or not the penalized player should be allowed to leave the penalty box. And it confused Detroit broadcasters, Ken Daniels and Mickey Redmond, and a whole host of other folks on this one as well. So because it's a double minor, because a goal is scored, Josh, how does all this work? And again, after a review, they got it right. They did. I, I'm not convinced that the, the broadcast crew believed that they did get it right. <laughs> uh, the The clock is a funny thing. We've seen controversial clock issues before. I don't think this was one of them, though. This was uh, this was pretty straightforward. You've got Christian Fisher making sure that everybody knows that he was cut on the play. They can clearly see the blood. So you get four minutes of power play time coming up for Detroit. Like you said, the penalties call at 1531. The goal comes at 1731, exactly two minutes after the player was in the penalty box. So... Why don't we release him? Why don't we let him back out on the ice? Or do we let him back out on the ice? That first penalty runs from 1531 to 1730, basically. At 1731, he would have been released on a minor penalty. Since it's a double minor, that's when the clock starts ticking on penalty number two. So the first penalty had expired at that point. And the other part that I think might have helped from a clarification standpoint... We're looking at the game clock in all these reviews, and the game clock at that point in the game does not show us tenths of a second, at least not the broadcast version of it. The actual game clock and the penalty clock both have tenths of a second. The penalty clock is the official time recording mechanism for penalties, so they have a better handle on what were the tenths of a second, when exactly was the clock stopped on the goal, when exactly was the clock stopped on the penalty, so they're looking at it at tenths of a second. We don't have the luxury of seeing that, but you still have that concept that a two-minute penalty starts at 1531. That's when the clock stopped, and the clock starts at 1531 on the penalty. So we can't keep him in the box an extra second. Penalty number two starts at 1731. That's also when the goal was scored. I know it's uh, it's everybody feels like you're doing math. You feel like you've lost some time there, but that's what the league was looking at. They're trying to check the clock on when did the penalty happen, when did the puck cross the line, and let's do the math. And they did the math, and that set the Anaheim player free. So there's no gap from one penalty to the next. So that's why it's a continuous flow. The goal is scored. The player is released. Right. And I know it's a two-minute penalty, but we have to consider the penalty starts at 
1531. It's it's not starting at 1532. It's starting at 1531. So the entirety of that second plus whatever time is left before we get to 1731, again, talking tenths of a second here, that's the duration of the penalty. So it's it's very specific. It's down to the tenth of a second on when they call it and how they apply it. But it's it's it. Trust me, <laughs> they got this one right. We've had ones in the past that I would argue or or we'd have some concern. And sometimes it gets frustrating, Todd, because you you have whistles that maybe they didn't stop the puck or maybe they didn't they didn't stop play exactly when the puck was covered or held. And that happens all throughout the game. I don't even know how many seconds we lose just to human error. So it's it's tough when it comes down to fractional seconds on a play like this. And that's the one we scrutinize. But other points in the game, eh. Who keeps track of the clock? Who knows? Who knows what time it is anyway? That's uh, fine. It's close enough. So, but these are the kinds of things that referees uh, and linesmen have to understand all throughout their career. Oh, there's lots of things you've got to understand. And, and there's lots of things you need to be aware of when you're working in different leagues, which we have a lot of guys that have the opportunity to do that. And probably taught a great time to get to our guests who had an opportunity to make a big jump up from a league standpoint in a crazy weather event that happened one year ago this week. If you're toiling in the minors, you're always hoping for that call up to the NHL. It's the same for officials. And that's what happened in game number 532 last season, just about a year ago. Cody and Chad Hughesby got the call. They were drafted into action to work the lines during an Edmonton Oilers-Vancouver Canucks game at Rogers Place. Cody and Chad are both joining us. I don't know who wants to, to jump in first and, and answer the question. Um, may, maybe who got the call first. But tell me what your reaction was when you got the call. And I don't know. I'd have thought that this was maybe one of my friends playing a gag on me. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it all kind of just like you mentioned, just kind of came out of nowhere. Um, just a normal December 23rd morning just trying to get ready for the holidays um both for our last day of work before before the holiday break and um i, I happened to be in the school um that morning cooking breakfast for the for the ladies on staff and um my phone was on bluetooth and it rang at like you know seven o'clock in the morning you don't really expect a phone call at that time in the morning so i kind of looked at the number and seen who it was and it happened to be brad meyer which kind of weird that he'd be calling me on december 23rd at seven in the morning but so i answered it and he kind of, you know, asked how things were going and apologized for the early phone call and then asked, you know, what, what I was doing that night and if I was able to, to work in Edmonton. And, you know, the, the wheels were still kind of trying to, it was still a little fuzzy. And, you know, it took me a couple of seconds to actually realize what he was asking about, um, that it was, in fact, the Oilers game that he was asking about if I'd be, able, you know, available to work, which obviously my schedule cleared up real fast when uh, <laughs> I, I put two and two together there. Um, and then, and then, you know, the whirlwind kind of just hit after that. Right. You know, um, he was, you know, fairly transparent about, you know, that, that it wasn't necessarily written in stone and there were still lots of moving parts and, and targets and everything else like that. But, you know, it was, yeah. So once I got off the phone with, with him, um, like he had mentioned that he had, he had tried to contact Chad, but he hadn't got a hold of him yet. So I sent a, a quick text to Chad and said like, Hey, uh answer your phone um we're we're going to the nhl like uh you know that type of thing so um i think you know chad stopped what he's doing and, and and called brad or i don't know how it all went down but um yeah so just kind of a, a crazy turn of events and definitely something you have we neither of us were expecting uh that morning 
Yeah. And it sounds like, so you were, you were at school, you were, you were cooking and uh, Chad, what were you doing that day when yeah. you found out? Yeah. Similar. It was our, it was our staff breakfast at a breakfast spot here in Red Deer. So uh, we were, I was just sitting down with my uh, eggs Benedict and just got into the table and I felt Brad, I felt my phone ring and I saw it was Brad, but I'd worked an American hockey game that, that week in Calgary. So I, so I thought, you know, maybe you just had something to bring up from the game or, or I don't know, I just wanted to touch base. So I, so I called back once I got to the office and, uh, and then I felt my phone buzz again and then it was Cody and he said, you know, answer your phone, idiot. It's uh, <laughs> we might be getting the call up to the NHL. So, uh, so then, you know, I put the, put the eggs Benny aside and called Brad back and uh, the rest is history. So. so you guys were given the, where you think this is going to happen, please be on standby. Once you got to the point of, okay, this is happening. Take us through the the process of the day. Did you have a pregame scout meeting? What transpired before you finally did hit the ice that night? Yeah, so I mean, it was a crazy day. Like I I know both of us. We we tried. We did work supposedly. I don't know. Not a lot of work I've done that day, but uh, yeah. I mean, obviously we were we were waiting for clearance from the union. Brad was pretty transparent. He thought said they weren't really trying to get anyone else in, and they you know. They, the league and he had faith that that we could go in there and do do the job so so that was that was obviously nice to hear and and kind of you know made you feel like that it was probably going to happen they just had to you know cross some t's and dots some i's and then so then we had a bunch of calls we had a uh, uh, don van mass and hoven was was in the war room that night so we had a call with him um and steven and and then uh, it was really nice. Wes McCauley phoned us about midday and just, you know, gave his blessing from the union and, and welcomed us and wished us well in the game. So that was really nice. And and then I think we had another call with uh, Stephen and, and Don again. Um, you know, it, it, the NHL was unreal. I mean, they they took care of our families. They, they you know, they provided tickets. They, they, they offered us to stay in Edmonton for the night. You know, it's funny, you know, we, we get used to just our own routines in the Western Hockey League. Like, you know, you, you work all day and then you and then you drive to a rink and you grab Subway on the way in. So, you know, it was funny when when we were on the call with Steven and just talking about pregame prep and stuff like that. And, you know, Chris and, and Carter were up in Edmonton already. And Steven said, you know, by all means, go up there, have a good meal with the with the game crew. And and, you know, you know, it's on the NHL and that sort of thing. And we kind of joked, we're like, well, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of working and, you know, we'll probably just head up to Edmonton and grab a cell on the, grab a cell on the way in and, and um, go from there. And I, and I think there was kind of silence on the end of the call. Like Steven was like, what are these guys talking about? Um, but that's just, you know, that's just what we're used to in, in the Western League. And, and so, so that's what we did. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of fun. Yeah. And, and I, I Sorry, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. And I think that just kind of it, it, it that probably actually like I think it actually probably helped in a certain way, like the 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 fact that the whirlwind of the day and we didn't have a lot of time to really like get nervous, right? Like it just kind of felt like you know stuff was happening so fast and everything, and you know we felt like you were on the phone all day and everything else like that. And so it, you know it, it like even in the car on the way up to the to the ring, it it still didn't really feel like you know we were kind of still pinching ourselves like really going up to work an NHL game like this is this is really gonna happen right and um so I think it just added to the whole whole uh, you know making the experience that much cooler yeah I know we've we've had official substitutions before we've had guys get snowed out of games and seen two referees one Lions person things like that happen but 
I don't remember it coming to this. I mean, I'm glad they didn't have to tap players from each team to step in. I know that we've, we've had that happen in the past too, due to weather or travel emergencies. So it was great to have you guys nearby. And, and like you said, Brad Meyer obviously had confidence in you coming up to, uh, to step in, take over that role, which is pretty awesome. But what, what was, uh, you mentioned that Chris Schlenker, Carter Sandlack, the other two, uh, the two referees for the game, what, what was their take or, or when did you first get to sit down with them? And, uh, <laughs> I mean, here's your linesman. Hope you, uh, hope you guys get to know each other in a, a short amount of time because you're going to take the ice in a few minutes. Yeah. I mean, I think it was, it was good. We were texting with them right off, right off the bat kind of thing. We'd worked with Carter in the, in the American league that year previous and then I mean it was really nice because we know Chris Chris Schlanker quite well um, I actually worked his first uh, WHL playoff game you know a few like quite a few years before that so so quite a, you know good history with with Schlanks and and I mean those guys were great I mean they took they took care of us and you know Schlanks had a couple of the NHL crests that he had from training camp that you know thankfully he was able to bring bring along uh, for our jerseys and and you know those guys were just true pros for the game I think you know that they they were a big reason why the night was so special just because you know they 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 made it they made it pretty cool and then I think it was it was cool for them you know it's it's you know it's always cool when it's someone's first game you know it's, I think it's cooler when it's two guys first game in a situation like that so uh yeah I mean it was it was it was an awesome night but those guys those guys made it extra special too so Super nice that both you guys got to share it with each other. You said you have some familiarity with the, the referees on duty. How about the players on the ice? How did they receive you? Yeah, I mean, like I think along the same lines, right? Like it just it it just felt like you know it's a different level up there, right? The professionalism and you know we knew a couple of guys from right. Nuge was um, in Red Deer, so we worked a lot of games. Um, you know, he's he's been away from the Western League for quite a while, but he came up and. Um, you know, we knew a couple other guys that had kind of come through the Western League as well. And then, you know, just some other guys that that must have heard from whatever that it was our first game and, you know, came up before the game and just congratulated us and, and, and that type of thing. So, um, you know, that definitely felt um, pretty special. It was, a, it was a funny story on that. It was the first first TV timeout and um, Zach Kaiman came over and just, you know, tapped us on the shin pads and said, hey, guys, like, congrats. Like, that's pretty awesome. And, you know, it's an NHL game, right? So, you know, two points on the line. And so uh, JT Miller and um, Connor Garland were sitting at, at the end of the bench. And and I think Miller was kind of caught off guard. He was kind of like, hey, like, Zach, what are you doing? Like, you know, like, why are you, why are you talking to the linesman? And so Zach kind of just looked back at him and said, hey, like, it's their, it's their first game. And, uh, and Connor and JT were like, it's your guys' first game? And they're like both you guys, <laughs> or like yeah, like yeah. With the TV, the timeout's only a minute and a half here. We don't have time to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's our first game. So and so then you know they they congratulate us too. But it was it's kind of funny stories. Yeah, that's it's great to hear that. Nice to hear, you know, the the human side of it, like even surprising these guys of like, holy cow, we had no idea it was your first game. Uh, sure, it was. A little different but at the same time it, it's kind of the same routine but what what was different for you guys going out there did you approach anything differently or uh, was it just the same as working an ahl game a whl game or, or did you have to take a different approach i think you know for the most part no i think it, it you know it felt you know pretty much the same right like there obviously there's a familiarity working with with chad i mean i've mm -hmm. done i don't know how many countless games with him 
Um, so, you know, you have that comfort level and, and yeah, I don't think, I mean, other than that, the lights are definitely a little bit brighter and, uh, you know, there's, you know, a little bit more people in the building than we're used to on a, on a, you know, normal game throughout the season. But, um, I, I think there was a lot of, a lot of, you know, different things like, you know, we've worked in, in, in that rink before, you know, we've, we've worked some of those, you know, we've been lucky enough to work some, you know, big games before. So, um, you know, I think that was that kept it fairly normal but um yeah no not nothing too crazy i think we tried to keep it as normal as possible one one thing we joked about kind of on the way up with the cars like cody said the lights are a bit brighter uh you know the video replay is something that we talked about is a lot more extensive at that level you know we talked about we didn't really want to have to put a headset on and go to toronto and and hear the announcers talk about the amateur the amateur uh, officials from Red Deer. Um, and you know, it's it's funny. You know, we had, I had a close offside in the in the first period, um, and it was uh, three on two for Edmonton going going the one way. And it was it was you know I, you just react on the line, right? And and I still don't know if it was offside. I called it offside, but um, you know the biggest unnerving thing about that and and just how the lights are a bit brighter. You know, there was a TV timeout right after, so you're you're standing there drinking your water. And you look down and there's, you know, eight guys looking at an iPad yeah. and uh, in slow motion. You know, and, and that's not that's not something that happens in the Western League. It's not something that happens in the American League. So, you know, that's <laughs> you're shaking a little bit when you're drinking that water just to kind of see what the reaction is going to be. But, um, yeah, so, you know, it's, that's a little bit different. Why don't you tell them what Connor said? Yeah, you know, and Connor said that, you know, he, he would prefer if we didn't. If we didn't blow down that offside, <laughs> you, know, you know, I should have said that, you know, that's fine for the other 81 games you'll play this year. But, uh, <laughs> so now it's in the National League that they don't want that blown down. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you guys are our twins. Did you have you now said that, okay, if you're calling us back up for good, then we got to both go together. We want to work the lines together maybe in the future for any future games. Have, have you started to issue a demand like that or is it every every person for themselves? Yeah, probably every person. I don't know if we're in a position to make any demand. But... <laughs> yeah, just one, one uh, another funny story. So we're at we're, we're going for the game. And like I said, the, the day had been, you know, really chaotic and, and so busy and everything. I'll say that. So I'd ran home at lunch to get my ref gear. He was packed away for, we weren't working again until after Christmas break. So like, you know, I had to get everything ready and that kind of stuff. So uh, we're in the car on the way up and we're about halfway to Edmonton. And, uh, and like Chad said, like we're, we're not going up at like two o'clock. Like we're, 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 you know, cutting her not super tight, but, um, and uh, we get halfway there and, for some reason, just that one thing triggers in your mind. And, uh, I, I could see my referee pants sitting on my workbench at home. And, uh, so I said to Chad, I'm like, Chad, I, I don't think, I think my pants are at home. So I like our bags are in the back seat of the rental. So we, we opened up and yeah, sure enough, my pants are in the back. It were, weren't in the car. We're in red gear. So, uh, Fortunately, I uh, well, I called my wife first, but if you know my wife, um, that was the wrong person to call if I wanted the pants around at, at, at game time. So then I called my other buddy who was coming up to the game and said, like, hey, are you like, when are you leaving? He's like, oh, in a couple minutes. I'm like, you need to leave now. I need to go to my house, grab my pants and, and come up. And, you know, he thought I was kind of joking. Right. And I'm like, I'm not joking. <laughs> so he uh, fortunately kind of came through in the clutch and um and got the pants there with plenty of time but we 
we stopped at United Cycle on the way up in Edmonton because, like, I'm like, chat, we can't. Like, I'm not running the risk. Like, we, we have to stop. So, so we were kind of joking that if, uh, you know, there was a couple people in line ahead of me with Oilers jerseys on and stuff. So, I can only imagine if they seen, if they were going to the game and seen us on the big screen or whatever and said, like, hey, I'm pretty sure I seen that guy in United Cycle. Like, they're just grabbing any random guy off the street. Or work That's right, guy. right. <laughs> Anybody so, can do this. Fortunately, it was, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it, it turned into a pretty stressful, like, you know, half hour, 45 minutes, but, you know, it all worked out in the end. So. Oh, that's that's a funny one. And, you know, I know NHL officials have to travel solo, but, you know, you, you don't think of them having to pick up their own gear on the way to the rink. So that's yeah, exactly. that's right. a pretty funny one. Uh, thankfully for you guys, I know you mentioned the, the coaches challenges and you dodged that one. No challenges. I was looking at the stats for the game with four offsides, 10 icings, dropping the puck 45 times, 45 faceoffs. You guys did 42 of them. No fights. So I, I, was there was there anything like in the back of your mind, whether it was the challenge or the fights or anything where you were like, Oh, I, I just hope this is a clean game. I just don't, I don't want to have to deal with this. I just, I want to experience this and get out of here without controversy. Is, is that like, is that what you're hoping for as you're uh, taking the ice? Yeah, I, th- I think deep down, you know, you're always hoping just for that stage, you want to just want a clean game, right? You don't want, you want to stay out, stay out of the headlines, stay out of the news. And I think we're just looking for a clean game. You know, I, I think as a linesman, I never mind a little bit of rough stuff after the whistle to, to kind of get in, get involved. And, and yeah, I, I personally never shy away from that. So I wouldn't have minded if there was a few scrums. There wasn't, it was, it was your typical kind of before Christmas game, let's get on a flight and, you know, get to get to our families kind of deal. So it was, it was yeah, it was a, it was a pretty standard game, which was, you know, in the end, probably, it was probably, probably for the best, right? Guys, one more just for me to wrap things up here. I wanted to ask both of you, did you save a puck or some sort of souvenir from the game? What did you keep as uh, your memento? Yeah, we we were then the NHL was really good that way. We got, you know, some pucks and they they came in and, and they um they actually did uh three copies of the game sheet maybe. Um so, you know, we have a handwritten each of us have a handwritten copy of the of the actual game sheet. Um so that was super special. And then, yeah, just, you know, some other, other pictures and different things. And I think we're, we're getting a, kind of like a frame made up for, for my dad for, for this Christmas um, as a little keepsake for it. So, yeah. So, you know, some really cool stuff, like, like we said earlier, the NHL was phenomenal. Um, you know, they, they were everything that you think they would be in terms of how they handled it and um, how they treated us. So we're really fortunate. Yeah, that's, that's great to hear. And how about, how about the linesman you filled in for? Did you ever hear from Caleb Apperson or Travis Garlitz of, uh, of you know, thanks for covering for us? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I heard. No, I don't think we heard from either of those guys. I don't, I don't, I've never worked with them before. I don't okay. know them personally. So we got texts from, it was nice. We got texts from quite a few guys like on staff and the NHL staff and obviously guys we work with in the Western League. So, um, yeah, we probably should have sent him a Christmas. Yeah, we should have. <laughs> Maybe this Christmas is not too late, I guess. All right, thanks, guys. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for talking about this. I know it was a it was a lot of fun to see. Um, you know, as somebody who uh, you know, we're obviously scouting the rest, we're following the officials. So when you see uh, your names pop up and knowing you from the the Western Hockey League, and knowing from the AHL to say. It, this can't be right. I I had to call. I had to call around a little bit. I had to, I had to call PR folks and say, "Is there is there something going on here? Is this am I reading this correctly? That that this is what's happening?" So, um, you know, I I 
it was exciting to see that change. And uh, I'm glad to hear how it all came together and how it played out for you guys, because uh, I, I'm sure just an awesome experience. So glad you guys got to do that and, and that you got to do it together. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, for sure. It was, yeah, still, still surreal to this date that it happened. So. Cody and Chad, thanks for this. Really appreciate it. Happy holidays. Yeah. Yeah, you guys as well. Merry Christmas. Great stuff, man. Way to work. Get in the box. It's the Scouting the Refs podcast. Read more at scoutingtherefs.com. Follow Scouting the Refs on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Email the show at heyref at scoutingtherefs.com. Very good, my book. Subscribe, share, and keep those sticks down. That's good play.